0: Hello and welcome to the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. I am your host Matt Infante, joined as always by Adam H. Beasley. And Adam, the Dolphins are six and two for the first time since two thousand one after beating the Patriots, uh, and they find themselves in Germany now, uh, preparing for perhaps an AFC Championship game. You know, preview against the Chiefs. Um, but before we get to that, how are you this day after the trade deadline? And for those listening, we are recording on Wednesday just hours after the trade deadline has come and gone. Uh, I am much, much better than Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Yeah, that breaking in the middle of the night, Tuesday night into Wednesday, then McDaniels, uh, not just McDaniels, the GM, they kind of cleaned house there in the middle of the night after not doing anything at the trade deadline, which is interesting, right? Because they let their coach and GM run the show through the trade deadline and then decided to part ways. So interesting timing there. You know, it's wild because I covered a dysfunctional
1: franchise for a long time. That franchise was called the Miami Dolphins, still is called the Miami Dolphins. Far from dysfunctional now, they've got their bleep together. But when you see things like that happen, like they basically, uh, Mark Davis was, you know, needed someone to get them over the finish line, get them through the trade deadline, and then literally as soon as he could afterwards, kicked them to the curb. It is nice not to be covering a train wreck, I'll say that much.
0: Absolutely. But would it have been nice to cover a trade at the trade deadline for the Miami Dolphins? Um, Oh, look at that segue. You like that? Well, okay. So here's what I'm going to say before I give you the floor. And let me frame this first. um, My initial thought upon the Ezra Cleveland trade, right? The Jaguars acquired Ezra Cleveland, the guard from the Vikings. That was the kind of move I thought we might see the Dolphins make just to get bodies along the interior offensive line because... All three of them now, all three starters are, are injured or or were injured or coming back from injury. Um, so that was the kind of move I thought we'd see. We didn't see it. Not that either Cleveland is a, a great player or, you know, anything like that, but he just thought they would bring in some reinforcements. Um, so, Adam, you wrote a piece for PFN uh, <laughs> on Tuesday after the deadline, stating that by not making a move, the Dolphins lost ground while other Super Bowl contenders loaded up. Social media, not kind to you about that, um, nor were some local media writers. Mm, hmm, that's, so, that's what really me, burns me. That's what really chaps my backside, let
1: me tell you. There's media <laughs> members taking shots at me.
0: So, so the floor is yours. Why do you think the Dolphins didn't make a move? Um, and, and why do you feel the way you feel about maybe them losing some ground to Super Bowl contenders? And that's the ultimate goal, right? Winning the Super Bowl.
1: Uh, I know specifically why they didn't make a move because Mike McDaniel told us why they didn't make a move. They did not make a move uh, because they believe they have a roster that's right now ready to go and win a Super Bowl. They feel like they have all the pieces they need to make that run, um, and uh, they have a bunch of guys coming back from injuries, and uh, including potentially this week, Connor Williams, Xavier Howard. Um, and Teron Armstead even. Teron's going to be practicing. He's, the window is open for him, so he's practicing this week. All great news for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and so their thinking is, look, we're 6-2, and, and we've done this by taking body blow after body blow uh, You know, in the training room. Uh, we're going to get these guys back. We, we're in a position of strength. We don't need to make a trade. Uh, certainly a valid argument, and it's an argument that McDaniel articulated well today. It's an argument that I've been pounded over the head with Uh, for the last 12 hours or so. I think it's a flawed argument, and here's why. The Miami Dolphins are not the only team who are getting players back that are hurt. San Francisco 49ers are in the midst of a three-game losing streak. They look bad right now. Why do they look bad? Uh, Because Debo Samuel and Trent Williams are hurt. Their offense looks much different because they have players hurt. The Niners know they're getting those guys back, and those could be two Hall of Fame players they're getting back, two really good players that they're getting back at their respective positions. And yet the San Francisco 49ers saw an opportunity to upgrade and got Chase Young. Do I think the Dolphins needed Chase Young? No, they didn't. They have plenty of pass rush, much improved over the beginning of the season. Very, very good. So, no, I, I, I do think that the Dolphins, look, if you're running a race, Matt, and this is, the, I think, the phrasing of lost ground is what, what upset people. Like They lost ground to the other contenders. By the way, Niner's not the only contender to make a move. The Bills made a move. Rasul Douglas. The Eagles made a move. Kevin Byers. Uh, who else made a move? The Lions made a move. They got a wide receiver. Um, there were other contenders. The Seahawks made a move. They got a defensive tackle from the Giants. There are other teams that were that were contenders that made a move. So the Dolphins, they're running. They're, they got a good pace. Really good. You know, they're 6-2, and two, certainly hitting their stride. However, teams that they're competing with got a little faster, right? They got a little better. They got a little faster. So either the Dolphins are ahead and the, the gap got closed or the Dolphins are behind and the gap widened but i don't think you can make the argument that on the trade deadline the dolphins kept pace with everyone else because everyone else has players come back from injury and those teams also upgraded that is the entirety of my my argument i can't believe that people lost their minds over it. now it's entirely possible that even with that the dolphins are still good enough to win a super bowl i never said they're not that has never been my argument my argument has been hey you had opportunities like Ezra Cleveland, perhaps like players that we haven't even thought of that weren't mentioned, that called Chris Greer, Chris Greer called them, the number wasn't right. For whatever reason, um, there were opportunities out there for the Dolphins to improve, and for a host of reasons, including, I'm sure, six draft picks in 2024, an upside down cap situation in 2024, I get it. All that being said, though, teams improved on Tuesday, the Dolphins were not one of them.
0: Yeah, I I wanted to come in here and and debate you and fight you on this, um, but I ju- my heart's not in it because I mostly agree. Um, I, I'll disagree on the bills and Rasul Douglas because I don't think he's a good corner. He's allowing two thirds of the passes targeted to him be caught this year, ten yards per completion. He's allowed four touchdowns. I think his passer rating against is around 110, 109 this year. So that doesn't and that's just trying to you know recover from the the um the injuries they've suffered a cornerback so they're trying to make up so yeah they improved on the backups the bills have there that are being forced into action but that doesn't worry me i i think like i said they missed out on the opportunity to just get some bodies because mm-hmm. depth along the offensive line is is a concern um but did they lose ground i, I mean I, I guess the argument that the dolphins are getting the players they're getting back from from injury like Jalen Ramsey, they just got him back. Uh, but, but all the others that are coming back, I guess the sum of them, it, the argument is the sum of them is greater than the sum of the other injuries of players, you know, the Niners are getting players back. But it, it is the sum of those guys greater than what the Dolphins are getting back? And I don't like that argument, um, but I can understand it. I, I just think they, the Dolphins missed out an opportunity to to shore up a couple areas of, of concern heading into the second half of the season. And that would be my really not uh, medium take, not even a hot take. It's just, I don't feel strongly. I, I want to argue with you, but I just can't on this one because I don't think it's, I, I don't think they they had an opportunity to, um, well, no, let, let me say this. I don't think the Dolphins, by not doing anything, lost a huge amount of ground to to the AFC contenders. I'd be concerned in the Super Bowl, when you're going against a Chase Young, if, if they get there, or, you know, the, the Eagles, who they lost to, and now they have Bayard in the secondary, I understand that. I don't think it's a huge deal for Miami. Sure. That, and, and, that and that is, my sense.
1: That's a completely reasonable argument. And if that was the conversation I was having with people on Twitter last night, it would be— Oh, you mean
0: social worse. media overreacted?
1: and perhaps certain media members trying to play to the crowd and stir bleep up and I get it it's fine people love their engagement they get paid by uh, by uh, Elon I get all that that's that's fine but I don't think you can look at a Dolphins offensive line that last week was you know (laughs) one injury away from having to play potentially a tight end at offensive tackle uh, and not say yeah they could use another body uh, or not look at it and say, "Hey, your only tight end is in a walking boot." Maybe they could have used some help at the tight end position. Uh, other teams were aggressive; the Dolphins were not. Was it the right move? Or was it the wrong move? Time will tell. Like I, I don't have a crystal ball, but there it's not debatable. Not debatable that. And I'm not talking about injuries because every team has injuries. Every team has players coming back from a pure personnel standpoint. Other teams got better and the Dolphins did not. So if there was a gap, it widened or it narrowed. Either the, you know, the, the Dolphins are further behind now or they're not as far ahead as they were. But either way, they lost some ground.
0: Yeah, and, and I think the interesting part, and I think fans might have expected to see a move as well just because of Chris Greer's you know, his history here at the deadline with Bradley Chubb and uh, Jeff Wilson. And now here they are at the best team they've had in two decades. Um, and, and they stood pat. So I, I can understand why, um, you know, th- some fans and, and and yourself think that maybe they, they lost by not making a move, and, and time will tell. And if the event of line gets healthy, and it sounds like it's getting healthy, um, they, this week, right? What Mike McDaniel had said, turn Armstead is being activated. His practice window is opening. Whether he plays this week, we'll see. Connor, it sounds like Connor Williams will be back this week. Um, I mean, they if they stay healthy the rest of the year, this maybe becomes a non-issue. If they suffer some more body blows to the, to the line spe- specifically, I I think you're in a situation where, you know, you could be saying, I told you so in a few weeks. So I, I guess we'll see where this goes.
1: Yeah, and, and if if Teron Armstead this was the only year of his career that he had an injury, I get it. Uh, he has, I don't know, it may have been like, seven years ago, the last time he played a full season. I mean, it's been a long time. He misses games every single year. Uh, he has been, I believe I have to go and check, but he has probably missed nearly as many games as he played now as a member of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it's probably pretty close. I think he missed four or five last year, maybe. And certainly yep. he's only appeared in two of eight. So he's missed, he's missed six games this year. And so at least he's been all, he's been on the shelf for 10, 11 games um since since joining the Dolphins in 2022 um Connor Williams hasn't has played one of the last five now I, I will say this Matt the offensive line that we saw that was certainly a makeshift offensive line against the Patriots did hang in there I mean they 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 did as bad as well as you could have possibly expected uh considering that Connor Williams was unavailable to them I mean he was active but he couldn't play so they were they, you know they they were down to their very last offensive lineman uh and Tua didn't get crushed i mean there were a couple of times there was some some slippage but they you know they 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 did an excellent job and i think i saw the stat that they've had 10 different offensive linemen see the field for them this year and have given up 25 quarterback hits i believe that more or less is the stat uh through through eight games that's that's excellent that's really really good getting back to our draft uh, or trade i'm sorry conversation i don't know how sustainable that is I don't know if you want Lester Cotton and Rob Jones going up against the elite teams and thankfully it doesn't sound like that's going to at least both of them going to happen um this week we'll see about Robert Hunt um you know it's potentially a day-to-day situation we'll see uh we're taping this before they practice on Wednesday but um you know I, I I think by and large that line hung in there concerning to me a little bit and I'll ask you uh they really
0: haven't been able to run the football the last few weeks. Um, yeah. Is, is um, it a, it's a- been noticeable, right? Um, they, they have found themselves in some unfavorable, you know, uh, situations, you know, against the sticks because of their inability to run effectively. Like they were earlier in the season. Is that an offensive line product? Is that most are uh, starting to, you know, wear down as the season goes, especially not having Devon, Hn there to um, take some of the the load off him. We, we saw Jeff Wilson get a little bit more involved. I, I suspect we'll continue to see that uh, to help Moster, you know, shoulder the load there. But but yeah, that's certainly a concern. And when you're going against the Chiefs, I think people talk about Mahomes. The Chiefs' defense is severely overlooked this year.
1: Yes, their pass defense, their run defense is not good. And you go and look, their pass defense is excellent. Their pass rush, obviously. They've got some good players uh, in the trenches, uh, but they can be run on. Uh, I think they're middle and pack in yards per carry. I think they're bottom half um, in EPA per rush. So there, there will be opportunities for the Dolphins there. And let's be honest, the Dolphins went up against a pretty decent Patriots front, right? They're, uh, the, 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 uh, the Patriots, for all of their issues, and I think the majority of their issues are on the offensive side of the ball, Uh, they're still a solid defense. They're not a bad defense. And I I do think we deserve, the Dolphins do deserve a bit of credit because what was the big narrative coming out of the Philadelphia game? Philadelphia Philadelphia narrative was these physical teams eat their lunch, right? They cannot go man-to-man against physical teams. Well, the Patriots are a pretty physical team and they shut down their run attack and they did a pretty good job of, you know, hanging in there at least against that defensive front. Certainly, uh, the pass rush wasn't, you know, the Patriots don't have a great pass rush. They they, they didn't run the ball as well as they should have the Dolphins. Uh, but I, I do think it kind of showed the the myth of the narrative that they can't score points against physical defenses. They just put up 31 despite having two bad turnovers, um, you know, uh, against a pretty, pretty solid Patriots defense. So to me, that's a pretty encouraging takeaway.
0: Yeah, and, and the other thing from the game, I was comparing it to their first matchup, right, and I looked, and one of the biggest things I noticed was how the Dolphins were able to actually um, get off the field on third down. So the, the Patriots back when they, uh, you know, made that week two game closer than it probably should have been there, that seven-point win, the Patriots were like 7-15 to 15 on third downs. The Dolphins got off the field. This time they were one for nine, the Patriots were on third down. So they were able to to, to get off the field, and an offense they – it was weird because it was a slow start. And I want to talk about that because this is three games in a row now where they have not started particularly well. They have three points combined in the first two possessions of the last three games. So that's a concern, but then they were able to settle down, move the ball, a couple big plays here and there. And and then, you know, you saw Bill, uh, Bill Belichick decide to uh, blitz to was the strategy this game. And that just did not work out. I I think I saw he was like 14 to 18 or something, uh, 14 to 20 against the blitz. Um, that, so that that was a strategy this time didn't work for for Belichick. Um, and, and I think it was encouraging to see the offense they didn't wasn't their best game. and they still put up thirty one on a defense that is not a bad defense. So
1: yeah, good no, test
0: I, coming up now though.
1: You, uh, for sure, for sure. Um, we'll see, you know, let's go through that chiefs schedule and I, if you're gonna play the schedule game with the Dolphins, you should play it with the Chiefs too how many t- top flight quarterbacks have they seen? I mean obviously they, uh, they they've seen uh, Herbert, uh but beyond that, I don't I, I it's not like they've been shutting down um, you know, st- MVP candidate after MVP candidate after MVP candidate. We'll see how the Dolphins do. I, I we'll get to the Chiefs game in a bit. Uh but I do think by and large the offense did what you thought they would do against that Patriots defense Patriots Well, And, and, and also let's think about this. I haven't broken down the tape. Um, not really my strength uh, to go back and know all the X's and O's, but let's just think intuitively. How did the dolphins beat the Patriots in week two? They ran the football. What did the bill Belichick? What was he determined not to let the dolphins do in Week eight, let them run the football. him. that's, that's kind of what he does. So I, I do think you need to give the dolphins credit for finding new and creative ways every single week to still have production. This is still a team that's number one in basically every single offensive category. Now scoring 70 points and having 2000 yards in one game will skew those statistics a bit, but yards are yards, points are points and they've they've had production. So um yeah, hats off certainly to Mike McDaniel for going up against and any and one more thing before we get on to to another topic, McDaniel said on Monday, you know, it's funny. Sometimes Mike is like he, he he doesn't want to come out and lobby for credit, but he, he says these little asides that make you think, oh, maybe you were selling the Patriots short a little bit. And he said that he has not once, I think, in his time in Miami, gone up against as unique of a defensive look as the Patriots threw at him. And there's no reason for him to lie about that. That's clearly something he believes. So pretty cool that they scored 31 points and they were seeing things that they had not expected.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and, and um, you kind of touched on something as well I wanted to bring up about the, the Chiefs and who have they played. And um, When I was watching you know, Sunday's games and you saw the Chiefs fall to the Broncos, which I hate when really good teams lose the week before they play the Dolphins. I know there's <laughs> no real carryover there, but the Eagles lost to the Jets, right, the week before, and now the Chiefs lost to the Broncos. It always makes me nervous. But there's something about what the Dolphins are doing again – Everyone, you know, talking about the schedule and all that. Well, I got news here. The Dolphins are the only team in the NFL that's been favored in more than one game this year and hasn't lost. They are 5-0 in games they are favored. Every other team has at least one loss if they've been favored in more than one game. There's a couple teams that are 1-0 and because they're only favored once. I think the Jets and the Giants. But beyond that, um, so, you know, and good teams win, great teams cover. The Dolphins have covered every game that they've been favored to win. So they're, they're not just... Skirting by barely beating the team they're supposed to be They are beating them. And they're they're beating them by more than than Vegas thinks they're going to beat them by. And then you have the Chiefs, who fell to a divisional opponent. And people like to say, oh, well, you know, the Chiefs lost in a game, but you know, these division games are tough, right? You, you never know. They can swing one way or the other. At, you know, and they give KC a break, and the Dolphins go and beat the Patriots, coached by the greatest coach of all time, twice in a season. Um, so it's funny how the media plays that a lot.
1: Yeah, let's go real quick through who the Ch- the Chiefs have beaten. They lost to the Lions, they lost to the Broncos. That Broncos loss is inexcusable. I don't care where it was played, I don't care that Mahomes yeah. was under the weather, I don't care that there was the weather was a little chilly. You play in, you know, Kansas City, it's not going to be warm in the, the fall and winter, okay? Uh they beat the Jaguars, that's a good win. Jaguars are a quality team. They are. But they won 17 to 9, okay? So, it's not like They were firing on all cylinders. Defense played excellent. Then their other wins, (laughs) the Bears, the Jets, the Vikings, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Um, Aside from the Jets, who let's not even talk about their week eight win, which was completely absurd, and they should have lost to... um, Syracuse's own Danny, Tommy DeVito. Okay, uh, let's let's not even talk about John that. Giants did
0: throw for eight whole yards. So yeah. come on, be 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 fair.
1: Uh, not a lot of great teams on their schedule either. Okay, and 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 here's my broader point. And this is what I'm the point I made on Twitter on Sunday. Why the discourse about this team is so bleeping stupid in the NFL? When you play good, you usually win. When you play bad, you usually lose. Dolphins have played bad twice. Okay. It just so happens those two bad losses were on the road against quality teams in must-win type of atmosphere for the national pundits to give the Dolphins any credit. Unfortunate for them, they played poorly in those two games. And I don't even think they played that poorly against Philadelphia. I think they played as as well as they could, considering the injury situation, considering the penalties, considering it was on the road, considering, to your point, the Eagles are coming off a loss. And, oh, yeah, considering they're probably playing the best team in the National Football League, okay? I think... Pretty much every power ranking I've seen now has the Eagles as number one, okay? And they, the entire conversation we had last week, they had a chance to tie that game in the fourth quarter to a throw pick at the goal line. Beyond that, they played great this year. They haven't played good. They played great. How many two-plus two score wins have they had? Like, I, the two close games, the close game, the first Patriots game wasn't close, right? They dominated that game the entire time the score is a lot closer than the actual game chargers game toe-to-toe that was a classic game so they've they played one close game two close games if you count the eagles i'm gonna count the eagles as relatively close they played two relatively close games one horrendous game in buffalo horrendous and the rest they've been fantastic so why does that not count for anything why 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 is it only who have you beaten and and who have you lost to why is why isn't it hey consistently down in down out this is a very very tough offense to stop and we'll talk about Jalen Ramsey haven't gotten to him yet with Jalen Ramsey coming back, Xavier Howard likely back this week. This is probably a top 10 defense too. Like, what are we doing here people? Now, if they lose by 30 in Germany, you know, all all of these all all these critics going to you know pound their chest and say we're right. I think they're going to play better than that. But even still, even if they play poorly this coming week, which is a possibility, they've still played good a lot more than they played bad.
0: Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And, and you mentioned Ramsey. And the one takeaway from, from Ramsey's debut here uh, against New England, beyond the, 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 the stats, and I think Pro Football Reference had him as allowing one catch on three targets, something like that. But when you look at Mac Jones's passing chart from the game, he pretty much avoided that side of the field entirely. Um, and, and that's the kind of impact Ramsey has. And that's a, you know, rusty Ramsey, we'll call it. And they still avoided his side of the field. Um, now when you have Howard and Ramsey together, it, it, we don't know what it's going to look like. Um, it, it'll look better than it has right in, in that secondary this year, but what the ceiling is, we don't quite know, which is a good thing because they, you know, the Dobbins have some, some challenging games coming up, starting with Kansas city, they have, you know, a, a tough close of to the season. And having Ramsey and Howard together on the field could be the the the, the, the X factor, no pun intended. Oh, there um, is
1: there is a pun intended.
0: No, there, there is. was absolutely no pun intended that um you know th- th- that could be the X factor to, to to this defense becoming, you know, like you said, a top 10 defense and really taking this team to the next level and and finally getting the respect they deserve, even though I don't think the team cares about respect particularly, they just want wins. Um, but, but, and then I think this game against Kansas city, like you said, it's a wild card in Germany, right? We don't know how they're going to come out. You could come out flat just because of all the other things that are going on around it. But I I suspect to see a strong performance. And if you do, even if they, they lose, if they play well, that should be enough to, to kind of quell the the critics. I, I would think.
1: I don't, I don't think there's a chance they play terribly. I think this is an enormously important game for them. I think this is a game that they're totally fired up for. And I think you're seeing the degree of seriousness with which the team has taken it because at great personal cost, they're spending the entire week there, right? It ain't cheap to have an entire NFL franchise in another country practicing three times for a week. They made the decision, Steve Ross, God bless his deep pockets has made the decision that there's no cost too high for us to try to go and win. And if you're telling me that we need to, you know, spend seven nights in Frankfurt, or whatever it is, they, I guess only six, because they flew overnight and they're, you know, whatever it is, but a long time, you're talking about 53 players on the active roster, another 15 or so on the practice squad. You're talking about dozens of coaches and staff. Uh, that's just the hotel alone practice facility, all these things. They've got the right mindset for this game for sure. Um, they also match up pretty good against the, the Chiefs. I know people like banging them against, you know, playing against physical teams. Are the Chiefs much more physical than the Miami Dolphins? No, I think they're pretty, I think this is a pretty similar matchup. I think both defenses are largely constructed similarly, if not, you know, different schematically, but just how they want to go about doing things. I think there's there's some similarities there. Uh, and the offense is the Dolphins this year have a better offense. And that's crazy to say because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But the The Dolphins in every statistical category you look Mm -hmm. at are better. So if the defenses are close and the Dolphins' offense is better, there's no reason they don't play well in this game. I am not going to be baited into making a prediction, Matthew. Not going to do it. I'll make that prediction later in the week in our Pro Football Network picks column. Uh, But right now, I'm not prepared to. I will say this, though. I think the line is pretty good. I think Chiefs minus two is about about where I'd probably see this lie simply because the Chiefs have been there. They have, they've got the battle scars of playing and winning in these big games. But talent for talent, matchup-wise, uh, these are very two closely contested teams.
0: Yeah, and, and they are the top two betting favorites to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So that comment I made about AFC Championship preview, well, I mean, it, it's, it's on the table, certainly. Um, the Dolphins catch a break as well, not having to go to Kansas City uh much to Tyreek Hill's disappointment and I think I think we need to talk about you know what Tyreek Hill said in a podcast recently um where basically he says you know he never intended to leave Kansas City um you know what do you make of of what he said and kind of is it a story or is it a non-story to me it feels like a non-story all right,
1: first, let's get to what he said and where he said it. He said it on the uh, Brandon Marshall uh, podcast. Uh, I have not seen the entire podcast. Uh, full disclosure, I'm relying on aggregators to have it accurate here. But we listened to the audio. It seems pretty close uh, to, to what he said. Um, he was essentially, this is March, February, March of 2022. Uh, the Chiefs had just come off an AFC championship loss to the Bengals, right? The Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year and that year and played the Rams. Um, and Tyreek was entering the final year of his then existing contract. Uh, and he wanted a pay raise he deserves one, right? He's maybe the best wide receiver in football. One of the 10 best players, regardless of position uh, in the entire national football league. Um, and he wanted a pay raise and he basically was trying to call the chief's bluff. Like, Hey, you're going to pay me. I'm going to look around, find some trade options, and then you're going to give me what I want. And again, do not at all begrudge Tyreek Hill for wanting to stay in Kansas City, the gold standard of the National Football League over the last seven years, maybe, I would say, six or seven years. Uh, they are the best franchise right now in football, year in and year out, and they have the best coach-quarterback combination, one of the best coach-quarterback combinations in the history of the game, right? Right totally get it. If you're a wide receiver looking to catch for 2000 yards and go to the Super Bowl every year, not wanting to leave Kansas city. Don't begrudge him that. Well, as he explained that podcast, uh, the numbers started to come in and the numbers were 58 million. This is according to Tyreek, $58 million guaranteed, uh, by the chiefs, $70 million guaranteed by, um, the Dolphins and even more poor jets, $76 million guaranteed by the jets. uh, Tyree took the Dolphins uh, ultimately because of low taxes here in Florida, uh, A, and and B, he's from Florida, and he loves the idea of playing in Miami, and his mother apparently convinced him this is the right move for you at this time in your life, and I don't think a single person regrets it. I mean, the Chiefs, without him, won the Super Bowl last year. Certainly, their wide receivers, the collection of wide receivers they have this year aren't anywhere close to what the Dolphins have. That is a clear advantage if you're looking at matchups. A clear advantage is at the wide receiver position for the Dolphins this week. Um, but the Dolphins, I, don't, I think it's fair to say that for as much of a leap as Tua has made, and he's his own man, and we've talked about how he is the MVP of this team, no one in their right mind cannot acknowledge the fact that Tyreek Hill has made Tua Tagovailoa a much better quarterback. If you do argue that, you're the biggest homer I've ever seen, right? It's clear as day. That Tyreek has helped Tua. I think Tua has helped Tyreek too. I don't think it's. An I accident. think Mike
0: McDaniel's helped Tyreek.
1: 100% correct. I don't That's- think it's an accident that he is on track to break the NFL record for receiving yards, which he didn't come close to as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so I-, I think this was a rare situation where it's a win win. It added instant credibility to McDaniel, instant credibility to a Dolphins franchise. Look, I've been covering this team on a full time basis since 12 you know, off and on since 2008. It sure is awesome to see points scored, right? You've been a Dolphins fan since what?
0: Marino? Yeah, yeah. The, the My earliest memories are around the 93, 94 season. I was like nine or 10 years old. That's... Yeah.
1: Um, vast majority of that time didn't look like this. No, no. So I... I, I I am not going to be one, and I don't think any rational Dolphins fans are going to say to Tyreek, oh, you're you're terrible. You really, truly still love the Chiefs. No one capes up more from Tua than Tyreek Hill, right? He'll go to battle with the Stephen A. Smiths of the world uh, over Tua. Um, let the man, you know, say his piece, and I'll, I'll I'll say this one thing further on this point. It's awesome that he says his piece, Like We're in the media. We want people to be honest. We want people to give us content. Not a Mm -hmm. single thing he said is going to impact the game on Sunday. He's not going to try as hard as he possibly could because two years ago he wished he still was in Kansas City, right? Come on. Who are we kidding here? It's going to be an electric game. He is going to be as amped up, I think, as possible. could be worried about him being a little too amped up. You Know keep those fluids in you, Tyreek. Don't get yeah. Don't, yeah. how many times don't. is he gonna
0: cramp? I know. That's I, I had that thought.
1: The good news is it's gonna be like 55 and rainy. Okay. So it's not like playing in you know, a hard rock stadium where your body's gonna seize up. So uh but yeah, drink those fluids early and often, Tyreek.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, to your point, it's great that he is open like this. I wish more more athletes were. Um, and even just for, for fans to get a peek behind. The, the, the process of how this, you know, all the business that goes into this that we don't see and we don't hear about Um it, it, I think it's a great thing. And I think if any dolphin fan gets hurt by this, um I, you know, probably says more about them than it does about Tyreek. Yeah.
1: Kind of like getting upset at a beat writer for pointing out that other teams got better and you didn't at the trade deadline.
0: Probably says more about them than it does about the beat writer. That, that, that's fair. That's fair. Um So, I don't want to ask you for any predictions or anything, but I think the interesting thing here with with this matchup is, like you said, kind of how closely you know how similar these teams are, right? They um, they have pass rushes that that get to the quarterback. They are among the top five in in in, in the pressure percentage, in sack percentage, all of that. Um, Conversely, they are you know top five in not allowing pressures and sacks. I mean, Mahomes is sack. 3.2 3.2 percent which is first in the nfl as far as percentage of pass attempts he was sacked on two was third at 4.3 percent so th- these are teams that protect the quarterback and teams that can get after the quarterback so i think you're going to look at a game that's going to be decided probably and it's so weird right when you have two Mahomes, you have all, all the 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 electric talent you, have, you know kelsey and, and hill and waddle it's going to be decided in the trenches I, I i think and it seems cliche to say that but yeah wow you know, way to go out on a limb
1: there i i know
0: i know I know, but I mean, I think that's where, and you have two great, you know, offensive minds, and you could see fireworks. But I think whichever team can kind of protect the quarterback and, and have a run game. I mean, the Chiefs w- w- want to try to run the ball as well. Um, I, I think the Dolphins can be vulnerable there. Um, they, they've gotten better as the season's gone on, but again, when you're paying so much attention to a Mahomes and and, and Travis Kelsey, it's easy. to to overlook the run game. Um, And that's the other area I thought the Dolphins might try to beef up at the trade deadline as well, was the interior defensive line. Get Raquan Davis some help there. Get a true nose tackle to help there, and they didn't do that. So, I I mean, I want to ask you for a prediction, but how would you see the game playing out? Not necessarily who's going to win, but is this going to be a low-scoring, high-scoring? What does your gut tell you?
1: I'm going to say something that's going to sound absurd, the Uh obvious as well, but not when you think about it um the quarterbacks and not just who is more productive but who doesn't make the boneheaded mistake uh Patrick Mahomes leads the league in a lot of things over the last five six years what he leads the league in this year is interceptions and right behind him is Tua Tungabailoa Patrick Mahomes has thrown eight I believe Tua has thrown seven uh been a problem for both those guys and a lot of those picks have just been egregiously bad like like what are you looking at like Tua's pick last week I
0: yeah. I don't know. I Right. He has one of those a game, it seems like. And so does Mahomes. Yeah. And, and so, so does
1: and so here's the thing. Whichever one of those quarterbacks doesn't do that, the team's gonna win. I think it's as simple as that. If if your quarterback my quarterback takes better carry of the football than your quarterback, my team is gonna beat your team.
0: Yeah. No, I I think that that's fair. Um and like I said, I, I think the Dolphins caught a break not having to go to Arrowhead. I, I think that makes a a, a difference here, so thank you NFL for for that. Um, I, and I the fans in Germany, it. I mean, really, they, they get a treat.
1: Oh God, this is the best international game ever. Uh, and yeah. and, I, and I'll also say this: thank you NFL for maybe giving me some some time to watch some football on Sunday afternoon. Because by the time all my Dolphins work is do, uh, done, I have I have not seen a snap of a four twenty five game this season. Not a down. Like it's a it's a mystery to me when I look up after writing at the stadium for three hours. Oh look, the Niners lost. Like, total mystery. So thank you, NFL, for maybe letting me see what 425 football looks like.
0: Yeah, you're going to have two weeks of it, too. So, you know, enjoy it, because then, uh, then you know, the, the grind second half of the season comes, and Dolphins will have some big games on the horizon. All right, I'll
1: ask you this, because I, I, I don't know if you want to give a prediction. I'm not prepared to at this point. But, A, if you are prepared to, I want to hear your pick. But this is the real question. Does the winner of this game get home field throughout the playoffs?
0: If the Chiefs win, I think so. Oh, um, you have doubts about the Dolphins? No, I, I just if the Chiefs win. I mean, now the Dolphins have to make up two games on them. Same with the Dolphins and the Chiefs. No, well, no, because if the, if the Dolphins win, record wise, the they will. No, the Chiefs and Dolphins are both six and two. Oh, they're both six and two. Yeah, what was I thinking? I was, I forgot about the Bronco game that we talked about earlier. <laughs> um.
1: There's a four. There's a four-way tie atop the AFC. It's right, called- I know the, the Jaguars and Jaguars, the Ravens. The Ravens, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, then, uh, hey, the Dolphins are going to have their chance with the Ravens. I, I, I don't, I don't know what the remaining schedules look like for their teams. I think, just being the Dolphin fan that I am, that I, a loss here, I think, makes it tough for the Dolphins to get back to getting that agreed. one. The agreed. one. Agree.
1: Yeah, but what about the inverse? Do you think that if they win this game, here's the real dark horse, man. Who do the Jags have to play this year? I mean, that the AFC South schedule is ridiculously easy. Ridiculously easy. So do they, Do they? they? are they the true frauds that everyone's saying the Dolphins are? And I don't think the Jaguars are a fraud at all. But are they the true team that everyone's like, hey, look at who you beat. Um, certainly beating the Chiefs. They deserve it, right? And and they, you know, if 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 the, if the Jaguars win the games they're supposed to and beat the Chiefs, they're a they're a, they're a worthy one seed as well. Uh, I just think it's funny they don't get to duck the the Bills. They don't get to tuck the who won the uh the the Bengals won the AFC North last year. Yes. Yeah. So those are teams that um they're gonna have to play. But Tennessee, I mean, even with Will Levis throwing four touchdowns, come on. They're clearly sellers of the trade deadline, as we mentioned with the Kevin Byard trade. Um, and 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 that might be the other only good team in that division. Who else is there? Indianapolis, Houston. Those are no. good try-hard teams. Those aren't Yeah,
0: they'll put up a fight, but yeah. you'd be losing to them more so than them beating you, right? You'd right. be beating yourself in those right. kinds of games. I, well, I mean, the, the Jaguars have a couple games though. On their, they have the Niners still, right? They, they, they got the Bengals. They, have they played the Seahawks yet, or do they get the Seahawks this year? Uh, funny, how, I'm I'm going through their schedule now as we talk, because presumably we had the NFC North, uh, NFC West, unless that's their weird one-off. The, yeah, that might be their one. I, I am not well versed in the Jaguars' schedule here. Oh come on! You're not. You didn't. I know. Falling down the show prep here, Matthew. I am, I am. All right, but, well, but regardless, I I think the Dolphins remaining schedule is one of the hardest in the NFL. So even mm-hmm. a win here, I'm not. Yeah, they may have the early, you know, leg up on on getting home field throughout. I'm not willing to say that they're the favorites to do it just because um, they ha- they have some incredibly tough games down the road. But a win here makes you feel more confident that they can, you know, survive that stretch of the schedule as well and and nobody believes the
1: ravens are going to
0: be the one seed throughout right i mean
1: come on they, that that division is that division is brutal uh, like even even the teams like the browns that defense is ridiculous man that yeah. that
0: yeah.
1: you you get through the afc north And you're a worthy playoff team, but I don't think you're going to get through it with four losses. Just simple because of all the teams that you have to beat to, you know, to get the four losses. Yeah, no, agreed.
0: Uh, I don't think it's a knock on the Ravens saying that they're the least likely of those four teams to get the one seed. I think it's just, yeah, trying to survive that division will be tricky. The worst team in the division is still better than, um, you know, some of the third and fourth place teams in the NFL.
1: Yep. Well, all right, we got to wrap this up. Uh, should be fun this week, right? Uh, are you going to give us a pick or no?
0: I think that – I think the line is right. I, I, a Chiefs three-point win, something in the you 27-24 know, kind of range, I think feels right. Um, I don't feel strongly about this. So this can- is one – where last week I said I, I would have bet on, on the Dolphins to beat the Patriots and laid the points and we would have cashed. I would stay away from this one because there's a lot of variables. I don't know how teams respond to the overseas trip. Um, and, and three points feels about right.
1: Well, on that, let's get out of here, right?
0: All right. Well, you can catch all of Adam's coverage of this game uh, before and after at profootballnetwork.com slash Miami hyphen dolphins. You can subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, subscribe there. You can get alerted to when um, new new podcasts are dropped. And we will see you back here next week on the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast.